Welcome back, everyone, to our next episode of Theo Thoughts. I'm Judson Page. I'm Jordan Peternell. And we are honored to have our first guest of, of the season, Callie, Callie Adkins. <laughs> so Callie is a fellow student, peer, and friend from Greenville University. And yeah, and we're excited to have her on today. She's spoken at Vespers uh, last semester, gave a really great message. And we've had some other theological conversations, and we thought, well, why don't we get her on the podcast? Yeah, Judd and I, as the hosts, were thinking at the end of last week, like, why don't we just get a guest this week? <laughs> and we were thinking of great theological voices on campus, so why not Callie? So we got a few other names in mind, too, but you were the first, so welcome. Thank you. I'm so honored. <laughs> so today, we're going to be kind of talking about deep topic, the idea of growth through the suffering, which is pretty heavy, but it's a really important thing that some people kind of shy away from talking about. So I guess first off to kind of open that up, Callie, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think we all as Christians go through suffering. The Lord um, promised that we would. This world is not meant to be easy, but I always say that it um, living in it as a Christian is worth it. And um, everybody faces suffering. It does not matter who you are, how old you are, um, at some point in your life, you're going to face it. And I guess my question for you is, how are you going to face it? Because um, it's better to face it with Christ. Um, and when you go through suffering, there's a purpose. There's a reason. Um, I guess to start, my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says, not, on, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope, and hope that does not put us to shame because of God's love that has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Um, so there's always a purpose behind suffering, and it's not always going to be easy, but the Lord's going to bring something good out of it if you trust him and you lean into what he's trying to teach you in that season. Mm, right. That's, that's yeah. good. That's good because mm -hmm. a lot of people... Uh, in this world, especially out people looking from the outside in will think that Christianity is all sunshine and rainbows. You mm -hmm. know, you have a book that leads your life. You don't have to make any tough decisions on your own, right? That's that's generally the stigma, Judd. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know one of the biggest things that I hear, especially regarding this topic, is uh, a confusing question of, is God causing this? Or like some people will say this part of suffering, God is testing me. And I know I struggle with that a little bit because I'm thinking, well, God loves you. He doesn't want to hurt you. Even even with looking at the story of Job, it wasn't God doing those things. It was God allowing Satan to do those things. Yeah. And so that I hear that honestly so much of like, oh, God's just testing me right now. And I'm thinking, so God is hurting you. And that just it doesn't sit right with me, but God can use that mm -hmm. as, you know, bad stuff tree can fall on my car, you know, that can just happen. That's not, you know, this is maybe the wind. It's not God being like, Hey, you got to turn your life around. I'm going to put a tree on your car yeah. while and make you almost get hurt or something. Yeah. I think adding on to that, I think often people think that God is the one tempting us, mm. but temptation is Satan's way of putting space between us and God. Right. So why would God put space between us and God, you know? So yeah. I think God does allow like tests to come our way mm -hmm. so that we can grow and right. become better followers of Christ. And so that we can ultimately be a light and point others to our light of Christ. Yeah, yeah. for real. It's like 
uh, metal is only as strong until after it's been tempered. So after it's gone through, you know, burning oil and hot craziness that it can come out stronger, but it is also part of the process. I've had similar conversations with other people in the idea of not exactly the same growth through suffering, but of deconstruction and reconstruction of it's not fun, but it's, it can be part of the process to coming out new, but yeah. Yeah. And I feel generally there's like a timeline to suffering too, because um, I heard someone tell me one time that you're either in a crisis, you just got out of a crisis or you're running full speed into a crisis. Mm -hmm. So I think just being ready for that. And sometimes it's difficult. I mean, suffering in itself, crisis in itself, like is inherently difficult. But mm-hmm. whenever you're in a time of ease, you're not necessarily leaning on the Lord as much as you should. At least I find myself in that. Um, but I was talking to my dad one time and he said, whenever you are in a time of ease and you don't feel like the push or the gumption as much to read or to pray because like life's good, you know, that's whenever you're reloading your gun so that whenever you are under attack again, you can play offensive instead of defensive. Whenever you're in the middle of a crisis and you're like frantically flipping through the pages of the word and praying, it's like you're just holding up your shield. You know what I mean? Like that's you're blocking the fly, the fiery arrows of the enemy. But whenever you are um, reloading in times of ease, whenever you're not suffering, that is offense, which I think is really important to understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I got a couple questions. Kind of got some further conversation. How might the Christian concept of taking up one's cross through trials relate to the idea of personal growth through enduring hardship? That was a loaded question. (laughs) So I think taking up one's cross, the way that I think about it is kind of dying to yourself. And Mm. so every day you are um, putting to death something that doesn't align with Christ. And so sometimes that's going to be in a season of suffering. Yeah. And recognizing what is it that the Lord wants me to put to death in order to be a better follower of Christ. Um, Because like we kind of talked about last night at Vespers, um, we as Christians don't want to be like the world. We want to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. And the world and Christ narratives are completely different. They're they're in facing opposite directions. And so are we going to run to Christ? and die to ourselves in order to pick up the Lord's cross, or are we going to run towards the world? Um, And I don't know if I really answered the suffering part, but I think even in suffering, not running to the worldly things of the world and and wallowing in in pity, but running to Christ because he's already made a way through it. And he took the cross. He's the one who took the cross and the greatest act of love by the greatest suffering that anyone known to man, anyone could know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's an important distinction to understand that you don't have to carry the weight of your sin. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people make it harder on themselves. And that's why, like, um, a lot of pastors are counselors now because people have messed up past, like pasts. Yeah. And they have to go in and talk to these guys who really understand sin and that it's real and that it steals. Um, and talk to them and be like, listen, like, you don't have to carry any of that. Mm-hmm. Say Christ has died on the cross so that you don't have to carry the weight of your own. Right. It doesn't mean that you don't have to put yourself to death every day. And by that, listeners who don't know what I mean, it's a verse <laughs> out of the Bible saying like your flesh will always want to sin. And so that you don't have to identify with that anymore. Mm-hmm. You can you can crucify 
yourself or put to death your, the desires of the flesh and sort of uh, seek harmony with um, your spirit and the spirit that wants to follow the living God. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That you know makes me think of there are sufferings of the world or sufferings caused by Satan, but also sometimes we make ourselves suffer. We do things that are detrimental to ourselves. We wonder, you know, why is this happening to me? If we put ourselves in a bad situation or if we make a bad decision and we say, well, why is this happening to me? It's like, well, you kind of chose to go this way. And, you know, Jesus is over here trying to show you, I want you to go this way. This way doesn't have all of those bad things that are going to be poking at you all along the process, but it can be it can be a hard process getting from the getting from the wide road back to the other, but that's that's part of the process. Because I heard somebody talk about it uh, as well as like sometimes trial through suffering can be like a purification process. Oh yeah, of like refining and making better yourself and learning truly how you react. Because like I've sometimes you don't know yourself or others as well until you see them in like difficult situations and that's when their true selves come out mm -hmm. and so sometimes somebody maybe could be like doing just fine and like things just like oh yeah i'm following christ i'm doing all great i'm 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 vibing but then you know something wrong happens a little bit and then they see their true self and they are not fine and then they have to realize that okay i gotta make changes you know this is this is some rough stuff you're right yeah i think that Maybe this is a hot take, but I think that to in order to to grow and to really be who you are in Christ, like you have to go through the fire. And I think the like you said, the fire really refines you. And I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. and how they were thrown into the fire for their faith um, because they believed in the Lord. And then the guards or whatever were like, "Oh my gosh, we threw three people in there, but now there's a fourth." Like. And that yep. fourth was Jesus, and he was shining his light in there with them and protecting them and walking through walking through it with them. And that's he's the great empath empathizer, um, but he also walks through it with us. And so um, I just think in order to really um, – for a character growth and to grow in Christ after that, you have to hit maybe rock bottom. You have to go through some tough things. You have to go through the fire in order to be refined. And like you said earlier, like gold – you know, it's a gritty nugget in the dirt, but when it comes out um, after it's been refined and through the fire, then it's a ring or it's a piece of jewelry or it's something mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful that is like irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. And that's how we are in crisis. God sees us as a masterpiece and he wants us to sometimes go through things that challenge us to draw near to him because we're going to come out shinier than ever. You're right. I, I really like gritty nugget in the dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Really I really like that. Um, I was going to say, though, that sometimes the distinction can be blurry between the harm or the suffering that we bring on ourselves and the suffering that um, Satan is trying to attack us with or just like the enemy and in mm -hmm. their selves. Because like whenever you look at addiction, you can say, OK, well, where did this start? Am I the one keeping it up? And like, how do I how do I get out of that? Because I would call that suffering, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh it also, you know, we're the way we're talking, you know, we always just say, you know, fall back to Jesus. But in reality, especially to those that are currently suffering, how do we really go about that? Because especially there's some people who will just throw in your face, you know, see somebody and struggle and just say, Oh, just find Jesus and then walk yeah. away. Yeah. 
it's like how do we how do we as you know as christ followers who you know i'm sure each of us has had you know times of hardship and yeah. growth and refinement how do we as good christians support those and help lead those back to jesus who are going through suffering yeah i would say the first thing to do is like build relationships with people um because then you're already in relationship when people do walk through suffering and even if you're not in a relationship with a person start building one you know walk beside them walk with them and, and just show them that like you know, it is not always going to be bright. Like you said, sunshine and rainbows, you know, there's going to be hard things. But when you start to build a relationship with somebody and walk through seasons with them, you get to see their ups and downs. They get to see your ups and downs. They get to see your um, struggles and your, your joys and all the things. And so building relationship with somebody will make it easier to step in um, into those seasons of suffering to be a light, to guide them, you know, to encourage them with maybe what you've gone through. Um, but I think that's a definitely a good place to start. And um, of course, there's other things, but I don't think you see somebody on the side of the street that's suffering and say, just turn to Jesus. You know, like that's not Christ-like, even though first to the Bible wins, not really, but you get my point. Like just shoving Jesus down your throat is not necessarily what we do in times of suffering but i think building a relationship is very key you're right also mm -hmm. finding satisfaction in the lord's plan yeah i was reading psalm mm -hmm. 69 last night and it's a psalm of david where he is um basically complaining and like uh yelling or, or i guess crying out to the lord in pain and suffering for things um that his people are saying about him that his enemies are pouring down him in affliction and like all these is just lists after lists after lists of terrible things happening to him. And then in verse 29, it said, but as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation God protect me. I will praise God's name and song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. So like even just your, your, your praise in a time of affliction can you imagine like being, being, well, no, that's, that's really tough. I can't put you guys in that situation, but, um, you know, everybody thinks that the Lord wants material things, but really all he wants is relationship. That's the reason human beings were created. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So being in a time where everything sucks and then saying like, I'm still going to praise your name. It's like the idea yeah. of raising a hallelujah in the middle of a mystery. Yep. It's like, that's truly what brings the Lord, uh, uh, happiness, I guess. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah, that reminds me, reminds me of a passage I really like in uh, James, James 12. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mm -hmm. be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm -hmm. So James That's is hard. Yeah. James is encouraging, just like when you look at this, don't count on fear, stand in joy and you know, ready to take the challenge because it's, it's a time of, it's a time of growth. It's another opportunity to even uh, our own suffering can speak to others who have already gone through it, but maybe weren't able to come out the other side yet, but our suffering and the way that we act in those times <clears throat> can influence people in a great way. That's why, especially as, you know, as Christ following God loving people mm -hmm. that when we go through suffering, we also have to try and do our best to be something that they can see and understand of just like, how are they so happy during all of this? 
There's just how are they maintaining this level of joy? How do they keep on singing praises? How is it doesn't make sense? <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense to them. But by doing that, they are they are asking questions. They're opening up. They're seeing, man, I wish I could be like that. Then, yeah. hey, Jordan, how do you do that? How do you stand like this? And then, boom. Well, thank relationship. you for asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think this also reminds me of the passage in scripture. I think it's in Second Corinthians. Don't quote me on that. But it's when Paul has a thorn in his flesh and um, he's talking about just, and the Lord says, um, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Great, or, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so that's the Lord talking to him. And, and then at the end, Paul goes to say that for when I'm weak, I'm strong. And I think we're never going to be strong if we haven't gone through things that make us weak because yeah. when we're weak then we know that we are only our only strength comes in the lord mm-hmm. and he's the only one that's gonna be able to pick us back up and guide us even if we have amazing people surrounded us we have to seek him with all of our heart put him first yeah in that same passage god says to paul my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness so that's, I mean, that's hitting the nail right on the head. Yeah. That kind of applies to just regular relationships too. Yeah. Because if you walk around like nothing bothers you all the time, typically those are the people who are the weakest. But mm-hmm. whenever you are like you are emotionally stable, you can have a conversation with whether it's your best friend or just a kind of friend or significant other, mm-hmm. you can sit there and be vulnerable with them like that. I think that there's power to be spoken in that. And the other person really appreciates that whenever you can open up like that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. people who generally don't open up aren't the strongest willed. No. Uh for sure. I mean, part of I was having a conversation with somebody, uh, they were actually asking, you know, why why are you and Jordan doing this whole thing? Who said that? Uh it was a couple people. It was it wasn't in a like an accusatory like, why are you doing this thing? No, I was, want them to. We'll bring them on. <laughs> uh <laughs> Make your case. I'm no, just they were they were generally interested. But anyway, I talked about well, some people don't open up about certain topics and they're they're shying away from talking about things and that's not really good. And so we're trying to, you know, take a little bit of courage and talk about the things that people don't normally talk about in a setting that can relate to other college age yeah. people and people who are going through the same stuff that we are. And you are right. Like I've heard people saying just like, no, it takes a, I'm, I'm strong. So I'm not going to let anybody else know about this terrible thing or how I'm struggling to death almost. But just like, it takes strength to open up. Like that's, those are the, those are the strong people, the one that are willing to be vulnerable and lay that down and ask, you know, help. Yeah. And also iron sharpens iron. So yeah. like, that's why we meet here every week. That's why I bring a brilliant mind like Callie on mm-hmm. or Professor Munshaw or other people that we're thinking about having on here mm-hmm. is because like, I think the Lord wants us to surround ourselves with people who challenge how we think. For yeah. Sure. Because that's how we grow. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we grow based on other perspectives and God ultimately doesn't need us, but he wants us and he's blessed us with community and people that we can grow from um, to be a better follower. Mm. That reminds me of a 10th Avenue North song. Um, I think it's called Control. Mm -hmm. And in the bridge, he says, the king of heaven wants me, which is, oh, that is profound. Like the king of all creation wants me, so the world has lost its grip on me. Yeah, Man. That is profound. That's one of those like tear jerkers. (laughs) I love 10th Avenue North anyway. I do too. (laughs) I think in songs though. 
So that also, uh, so most of us have a decent understanding and reading of scripture, obviously just quoted stuff. So who are some people in the Bible that have gone through some suffering that you have related to in the past? Because sometimes I've thought like, man, I don't know how to deal with this. You know, let me open up to something and just like, oh, they're dealing with this. Oh, and this is how they kind of, you know, stayed faithful or stayed strong. Is there anybody that really like sticks out to you guys? I have one, but I want to let you go first if you, unless you don't, you, you can't think of one right now. Well, the first thing that, the first one that comes to mind is Moses. And I know it might be kind of a wraparound way, but I've been studying the Old Testament right now and I'm in Leviticus. Uh, yeah, everyone's favorite book, I know. <laughs> but I just got done with Exodus, obviously. And I just love the part when Moses is like pleading with God and God's calling him to lead these people out of the, or into the, the promised land out of the wilderness. And, um, he comes up with all these excuses and in a way it's suffering that he's causing on himself because he says, well, I'm not adequate enough, not word for word, but I I have a speech impediment. Like I can't Mm -hmm. do this. I can't do this. And the Lord's like, was it not? I like who gave you the words to say, and will I am well, is it not going to be me who's going to actually help you do this? And I just really relate to that in a lot of ways because I think sometimes when it comes to suffering, we cause ourselves suffering by the way that we talk to ourselves and by the things that we put out in the world yeah. about ourselves. And so we say all these things like, I'm not adequate, but then we forget that God is the one who is adequate, that he's the one who's going to call us out and he's going to help us and he's going to be the one to guide us if we lean into his power that is made perfect in our weakness. And so I just love that story so much because I see myself in that. Mm. I see sometimes where I speak lies of the enemy over my life and say, you know, why would you choose me, God? Like, I'm not anything cool. You know, I'm not anything great. Um, And it's okay, I think, sometimes to doubt our flesh. But when we doubt our flesh to the point that we also doubt God, that's a problem. Right. We can doubt our flesh, but we have to trust in who God is and who he promises. So that's one of the stories that really is touching me right now. Yeah, that's really cool. It reminds me of uh, Indiana Jones. (laughs) And, um, oh, what's the last crusade? Yeah. Whenever he's going into find, I don't know if you've seen that movie, <laughs> but there's like a bunch of trials that Indiana has to go through to oh, get to the Holy Grail. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> one of them is like a bridge that is invisible. Mm. And what he literally has to do is he has to just like Leap step out into the chasm. And then like, there was a bridge oh, that went into the wall clip. behind him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just what it reminded me of. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Only the penitent men will pass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If if you want to hear more of what Jordan just did, check out our first episode where we talk about Christian themes in oh, movies. Oh, you're absolutely right. That was one that we didn't bring up, though. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. We just have minds that work like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jordan, is there anybody specific that points out to you? Um, you've heard my spiel about the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda. Yeah. Um, you haven't. But basically just the idea of um the pool isn't what's going to save us so like mm-hmm. in his suffering his entire life he always wanted to have it done his way even whenever like the right. miracle worker came to him and said like do you want to be healed he's like yeah but can you put me in the water mm-hmm. and he's like no no i didn't i'm not going to take you to the water that's your way you're going to do this yeah. my way yeah and he's like oh man but like no one will stir up the water totally ignoring what jesus <laughs> saying to him no one will stir up the water for me, you know, and that chosen scene is really powerful if you've ever seen yeah, it before too. Yeah. Um, but also, and this, this might be a little bit of a, um, a knuckle sandwich is Barabbas. 
because we are all in a little bit of Peter too. We are all Barabbas. And I don't know if the Bible really talks about his suffering necessarily, but he was supposed to. Right. And uh, so we are all Barabbas and Jesus took upon a cross for us. Yeah. So um, in resonation with what it was supposed to be and how bad it could have been. Yeah. I think it's an important distinction to, to realize. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. I know I think about uh, one, the people, when I when I what I try to emulate when going through hardships or trials is like you brought up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just their unwavering faith to stand in fire. I'm just thinking, could I do that? <laughs> Thankfully, I, we don't really have to deal with throwing people in furnaces here in Greenville, Illinois. Uh, it's not really a thing, but <laughs> you know, sometimes there are things that you know feel like my heart is on fire or people are against me. It also reminds me of Joseph coat of many colors. The brothers all sold him into slavery. Like I just, your whole family ostracizing you and being willing to sell you. Like there are some people who go through a lot of family struggles who don't really have family that they can go back to, especially some that choose to come here specifically. Like, you know, I want to come to Greenville. I want to go to a Christian school and families ostracize them for that. And, but Joseph, I think he can be relatable in the facet of when people are against him and have done so many terrible things to him, but continuing to put his faith in God and like, yeah, people have done this to me, but God, God's brought me, God is bringing me through this. Yeah. And I think going off of that is, you know, we see Joseph with his brothers in the coat of many colors, like he was a little bit prideful, you know, yeah. like he was, I have these dreams that one day <laughs> I'm going to lead and I'm going to be the best person. You know what I mean? And he <laughs> says these things as if everybody knows it. <laughs> and he's just like, Hey, everybody, in case you didn't know. And then he goes through this and he comes out on the other side and he is completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, his name didn't get changed, anything like that, but he is a different man and he is yeah. stronger and better because of it. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, is that like he had compassion on his brothers yeah. when they still thought, and he, even though he forgave them and he said that they still thought, oh, he's still mad. Like he could never be <laughs> like, he could never right. really forgive us. Yeah. And so I just think that's an amazing picture of a story as well of the transformation from you being one way and then going through something difficult and painful and yeah. like, holy cow, I couldn't imagine that, you know, to now he's on the other side and he's completely transformed into who he is today or not today, but you know, my point, um, in that the Bible day. <laughs> that day, there you go. Um, and he's no longer the same. He is a forgiver. Um, he mm-hmm. is kind and compassionate and he has empathy when he sees his brothers and like loves them, opens his arms mm. and loves them deeply. So yeah, yeah, he may have lost his coat of many colors, but he held on to the to the spiritual coat of many colors that yeah. we all have mm-hmm. and that we all bear and that we should want to show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a song by Brandon Lake, by the way, worth <laughs> yes. giving a listen to. Yes. Maybe with all these, maybe we should have a song episode. Know, right? you're, you're right. We talk about <laughs> yeah. that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's also, uh, especially at least. Uh, Speaking as a dude, David is a guy to relate to as well, because David is supposed to be, you know, like the holiest man, but oh my gosh, did he mess up? And, you know, as people, we mess up all the time, uh, but God was still showing just like, I've chosen you, like I've chosen you. So yeah, you make mistakes, but you know, 
hop back on the horse here because I've chosen you and man, Mm -hmm. I got plans for you, buddy. And David is definitely somebody that resonates and just like he messes up and he does cause his own suffering. He causes suffering on others too, Mm -hmm. which he would then realize like, oh shoot, what have I done? And then falling back at Jesus, falling back at, well, I guess he didn't, he wasn't fully aware of Jesus, but falling back to God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Solomon. The reason I bring up Solomon, have you guys ever read a couple of verses from Ecclesiastes? Yeah. That is a funny book. That is a funny book. <laughs> I was listening to Theo Thoughts on the way home from Effingham the other night, and uh, Brooklyn, my fiance, was in the, the passenger seat right next to me, and she was like cr- crying laughing because she was reading through Ecclesiastes. Mm. So, man, if that if that guy didn't go through suffering, it was Solomon, Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. But I know it's just funny. I think it was worth mentioning. Yeah, for sure. Ecclesiastes. I had a class uh, last year, wisdom and wisdom and poetic lit. We went through Ecclesiastes, and uh, we uh, dis- I described it, I think, as like a, an angsty emo teen who's just like nothing matters, everything is pointless. Why? Why this? Why do anything? But I mean, it, it also does show the suffering of like, what's the point? Because mm. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially who don't have Jesus struggle with that. Just like, well, what's the point? You know, I'm just a small speck in the universe. Like I'm in the grand scheme of things. I'm not going to really have any effect or any change. Like that's existential suffering right there. But I mean, in Ecclesiastes, we get good examples of that and how, you know, we go through that and maneuver, maneuver around that. And yeah. And after a season of suffering in Ecclesiastes, you go into Song of Songs. So take that as you will. (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) okay so we've talked about job a lot on the podcast so job of course is the is like the the star child for suffering uh at least i would say as in he had literally thrown everything at him god let the little bit of protection down to uh show job's faith now the suffering that job went through and the way that he came out of it is a lot different than the way that we want to come out of suffering job uh he was so confused because it was such a difference because he wasn't causing like he hadn't done anything like says that he was sinless and even at the end god said and he still did not do anything wrong now Job asked a lot of questions. We ask a lot of questions when we go through trials. We, you know, why God? Why me? Why this? And we, you know, accuse God. But when God answered Job, he didn't really answer his questions. He just said, I am this. So, like, when you were bringing up uh, Moses saying, just like, you know, I've got a speech impediment. I can't do this. It's like, well, who is it that does this? Who is it that does that? Is it you? No, it's me. And he does kind of a similar thing in Job where he just says, do you control the Leviathan? Do you make the sun rise? Do you make the sun set? Do you do these things? And it's it's still really weird, especially I struggled with this for a while when I was younger of I want to know everything. And it scared me in the fact that I will never know everything about God. Mm-hmm. And so being able to kind of look at this story and take comfort in, okay, I won't know everything. I don't need to know how everything works. I don't need to know every single thing that God does because that's way too complex for my pea brain to understand. But 
I feel like there's a lot of relation in that and a lesson of you don't need to know why this suffering is necessarily happening. You know, like the why of the trial isn't as important as the what you do during it. Yeah. I was going to say, I think sometimes you're, I mean, not sometimes, but in life, you're just not going to know everything because the Lord is so big and so great and so grand and all these things. I mean, he's the creator of the universe. So everything has order and purpose. Um, and sometimes we don't understand that. But I think the Lord, like in those seasons, just wants us to be willing and have a faithful heart. Mm-hmm. And that's something I learned from Moses as well, of just God doesn't need us to know all these answers and to have every single thing lined up and perfectly know it. Right. But he wants us to have a heart that says, you know what, Lord, like, even though I have all these things, like I'm willing. And from here, you take with my life, whatever you want to do. And I think that is such a powerful statement yet so hard Mm -hmm. because coming to terms with that you're you don't know is a sense of like you're out of control and nobody nobody likes to be out of control yeah and so that's a really difficult season and lesson to learn um to say you know what god i give this control back to you and i know that you're gonna work this for good at the end of the day and so you are and then list all these things that god is and then from there um you know, you can recognize better who he is so that you can recognize better where you are and that you don't know everything, but that he's going to work for his glory. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Got another question. This one's a little bit deeper, I think. Uh, How do we reconcile and maintain that when we are going through hardships, that God is still an all good, all loving God. I think it's like a tenant you have to follow. Mm. And that's tough. Yeah. Because uh, I think wavering is something that human beings do really, really, really well. (laughs) Um, But I think it's sort of how in the same stance that we have to keep his word, um, we have to keep our faith in him himself Mm -hmm. as like God, the creator of all and that he doesn't change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just, you have to believe it because if not, it's the same thing as, as like finding holes in the foundation that you put in the word. Like Mm. I think, yeah, it can be hard. Um, and wavering is something that humans do, but I Mm -hmm. think you just kind of have to, Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think when you're going through seasons of suffering to remember that God is good, is speaking it over your life. Um, And I know I'm a psychology major, so that might sound (laughs) like, oh, obvious, you know, and I'm kind of nerdy in the brain. But I think that when you start to speak over something over your life over and over and over again, then you're going to start to believe it, no matter what it is. If it's a lie that you've believed about yourself for so long, Mm -hmm. like waking up daily to, to remind yourself of something that's true about you and the Lord is something that you're going to start to believe over time. And it's the same with the Lord is when you're struggling with seasons of, well, he doesn't love me if I'm going through this or things like um, I must not be worthy enough because he's he's letting me go through this or whatever. I mean, by anything you can put there, any example, but to remind yourself that God is the all sufficient one, that he's powerful to save, that he is com- the comforter, he's the um protector he's all of these attributes 
in those seasons. And if you believe that to be true, even when you're not in that season, then he's going to be that same God in Mm -hmm. those seasons. So I think for me, it's just reminding myself and affirming who he is over my mind when I start to doubt it. Yeah, I know. I think there's a there's a lot of different Psalms that I'll meditate on or just repeat over mm-hmm. and over when I'm going through things. I've talked about uh, Philippians four eight. You know, when overthinking, uh, you know, think about whatever is right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about excellent things that are pleasing to the Lord. When I'm overthinking, I'll just repeat that over and over and over again. And yeah. you know, by even sometimes by just the second time I say it, I'm like, all right, God, just thinking about you. Yeah. But there are also there are a ton of psalms as well and, uh, of people going. I mean, Jordan, you mentioned about psalms of David where he's going through suffering. There's so many different psalms that are wonderful tools for meditation because when it's like if we tell ourselves the same thing over and over, positive, negative, or whatever, it can we can almost make it into our reality just by saying it over and over again. And so in the scriptures, when it says meditate in another translation, it means to mutter. And so when you are going through some of these times of struggle, taking the time to mutter scriptures that, you know, are God spoken from over and over again can honestly have really powerful effects. You're right. Sure. And it's, it's a defensive stance whenever you read the Bible. But like I said earlier, it's also offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I had a point that I was going to make and I totally lost it. Dang it. Don't you hate it when that happens? But at least yeah. you were listening to him. That means yeah. you were listening. I was. Oh, now I, now I remember. Now well, I remember. I reminded him. Yes. So in the middle of, in the middle of suffering, um, this happened. I was talking to my buddy, Nick, who we've thought about having on here yeah. um, last night about suffering and, and seasons that we go through. And I was just thinking like, if Jesus was in the room right now, there wouldn't be a whole lot of scolding to somebody who's in suffering. At least I don't think so. Right. I mean, uh, we, I mean, we look back at even the guy at Bethesda. So he was believing in this pagan way of living and Jesus could have, could have gone up to him the same way that, you know, maybe some Christians will go up to Pharisees. Yeah. And be just like, what are you doing? You're worshiping pagan things. Like no wonder, like, yeah, you know, screw this man but jesus just asked like you just said straight up do you want to be healed and the guy was just like well i can't get to the pool and i was like buddy that's not what i asked you do you want to be healed and so yeah give up your own way of thinking right pick up your mat and walk away that's a sentence and that's an ideology that a lot of people need to understand is picking up your mat and walking away but yeah um, back to what i was saying like and this would go for like I'm not special, but this would go. This would go for uh, and, and, and well, I mean, different than everybody else. I don't want to mm-hmm. catch myself and say something wrong, but like, um, if Jesus was in the room talking to anybody and they're like really hurting and thinking like, man, I messed up, like I'm terrible, Jesus would be there like, you're one of my favorites. Yeah, it's like I love you. Like mm-hmm. you're doing a really really good job. Mm-hmm. And say what you need to do is put your faith in me. Yeah. And once again, I'll call back to it. I love the chosen. I do. I think it, it really gives you an idea of the humanity of Jesus mm. because of the way that he interacts with people. Even just the little James scene. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Oh my like gosh. Why he hasn't healed little James I yet. loved that scene. I was like, I was like, wow. Just because of the way he interacts. And uh, we've had this conversation so many times on here, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll say it with Callie. It's like they have to take the creative liberty because there's only so much that it says out of Jesus' dialogue in the scriptures. Right. So like obviously that is the meat and potatoes. That's what we that's what we want. That's what we use. But I think it's 
nice to be able to see like dialogue and how Jesus really would have yeah. acted or how yeah. people think he would have acted because it humanizes, you know, the godly words on the page. For and it's real. important to realize Jesus was a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely, I really like that last bit because especially we, uh, when we're just reading the scriptures, we kind of, I mean, of course, Jesus is on a pedestal because he's God. Jesus, yeah. But uh, it can be hard to relate to sometimes because like he's always preaching or he's always saying something else. And so being able to actually recognize his humanity and that he's here to, you know, he came down to be with us and relate to us and go through our struggles. I mean, when we were crying, he cried. When we were joyful, he was joyful. When we were sad and he was right there with us. And so I think it's also really powerful to not understand, to also understand that when we are going through trials and tribulations, that it's not alone and it's not, it's not, you know, just God in the sky. It's Jesus next to us. It's mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit in us yeah. that is right there along every step of the way. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's a poem. Uh, you guys might've heard it before about, uh, Jesus and a man walking on a beach, uh, and they're looking at different times of his life. And sometimes there's two sets of footprints. Sometimes there's one set of footprints. And it was one set of footprints through the hard times. And the guy was just like, Jesus, you you weren't here, man. Like, I was going through this and it's one set, bro. Like, what are you doing? You weren't here. And he's just like, well, no, I was right here because I, I carried you. I carried you through these mm -hmm. times and dang He's yeah touching. yeah yeah it's because jesus is i mean part of the is i mean this whole thing of like dying on the cross was for us to take take our sufferings away take what yeah. what would happen he took that away and so he's always walking right beside us and sometimes he's firemen carrying us out of out of our trials and tribulations because we fall down sometimes and he's just like don't worry you fall i got you yeah i'll catch you I love that. And I think this is like one of my favorite things I love to say to people. But for the Christian, like how crazy is it that the same Jesus that raised or the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead it gets to live inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so there's truly nothing that's impossible for God, even in our suffering, you know, yeah. to recognize um, that even though it seems impossible for us, like mm -hmm. God's like, this is my wheelhouse like i love this work right here because i'm about to show you exactly who i am and so um i think about a song we've been talking about songs but it is well with my soul uh i love that song that's, that's um great. and the story behind it was you know um a man who had lost everything as well like Job, mm -hmm. and just someone who lost his family and all kinds of things. And yet he's in the middle of this storm after storm and saying it is well with my soul to the people yeah. outside. Like that doesn't make any sense. But I think that's the, the unexplainable joy that we can have in Christ that even though like joy and grief, jo joy and su suffering can coexist. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing about God yeah. is that you can feel joy because you have the Lord, because he is your treasure, because he is your hope, but you can also feel suffering because of the situation, because of the season, whatever you're dealing with. And so hold on to hope because, you know, God really cares about you in those places. And even when you're in suffering to know God so much that you can say it is well with my soul because in him, he's enough. For sure. Dang.
in reference to what you said, um, and I knew this too, but this morning it's smacking me across the face about how the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Mm-hmm. Boy, is that underutilized. Yeah. It is. That's why I really love it because, oh, it's powerful. Yeah. It gives you a sense of, well, power. Yeah. Honestly, not really sure how to follow that up, but that was, <laughs> honestly, I think that's pretty good closing point right there. I would say so as well. Yeah. So first off, again, it's been amazing to have you on. You've brought really great words of wisdom and I think it's been really fun. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah. So if you want to hear more of this, make sure to check us out. We're on Spotify, Apple. If they stream it, we were on it. Uh, And then also follow our Instagram at Theo underscore thoughts dot podcast. Uh, for all the up-to-date details and look out next week hinted at it on a post next week you know hopefully start up with some video podcasts being on youtube <laughs> so now you can actually because i realize we actually also haven't posted our faces we've posted our guests faces <gasps> but some people don't know what we look like so you can start to see that you can also listen to us uh, on wgrn 89.5 greenville university radio monday nights 7 p.m central if you are the kind of person that wants to listen on the radio and not be able to pause (laughs) uh but you can also do that but anyway until next time i'm judd i'm jordan and i'm callie love Love y'all god bless